everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Vile Files Ask Nick Edition. I hope you're having a wonderful day, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You missed Wednesday. Hump day. Ah, <laughs> uh, Allie and Amanda. If it's Wednesday, turn it off. <laughs> Allie and Amanda are with me. How are you ladies doing? What's new? Drum roll, please, everybody. Thank Sorry, you, Amanda. That was the lamest, <laughs> that was the lamest drum roll in the whole world. <laughs> she gives me two taps. I went on a date last night. Yay. How was that? It was fun. Guys, this is a big deal. My love life was so sad. It was like a Sarah McLaughlin song. Yeah, I what, love what's the Sarah proper McLaughlin. Etiquette? Do you want us to make a big deal about yeah, it? Yeah, I know. I know. Or I do you want us to act like, like... How do we... <laughs> you should be like, we're so... Respectfully do you want us you. to act like... We don't believe it? Like, <laughs> yes, you should be like, oh my God, we're so proud. Okay, okay, one more time. Really? Okay, ready? <laughs> I went on a date last night. What? No, <laughs> no way. I thought you were incapable of love. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Allie on a date, it couldn't be. <laughs> it couldn't have possibly gone well. It ain't so. <laughs> you don't have to make it like a how did it, how did it go? It went thing. well. Yeah, it was fun. How did you meet him? Uh, on Hinge. Okay, where'd you go? We went to a Mexican place. And then we went to an arcade dinner. and we played games. Dinner. Mm-hmm. And and do you like dinners on first dates? Or or what about this guy thought, you know what, whole meal of food? I don't like dates, but guess what? Whose advice I followed? Guess what I did before the first date? You took my advice? Yeah. What would I have done before a first date? A Zoom? Yeah. <laughs> a little FaceTime. A little FaceTime. Obviously, you're not sending someone a Zoom link. A Zoom before the first date. Yeah, no. I just think it's like that. Uh, to me, it makes such a difference between a Zoom versus a FaceTime. Yeah, maybe you don't want to give out your casual, number. I don't know. Cool, just saying, like, if I if I if I was on a dating app and someone's like, let's FaceTime before a date, and if I were super into her and she was like, listen, I'm only zooming. I'm only zooming. I don't want to <laughs> give him my number. I'm like, okay, fine. No, it's I don't have an issue with that. I'm just who's only zooming out here. And then I, like, it's one of those things like you have a 40 minute limit. It's yeah, like, break like it it's, up. A, it's it's a little like skeptical, like you know. And then it would be something if we work out, it'd be like, remember the time you sent me a Zoom? But then it's also funny because it's like one person's the host, and then you get a lot of power. You can mute the other person, send them to a breakout room. I carded Natalie when I FaceTimed her on Snapchat. I've mentioned the story. Because, like, she randomly DM'd me, and for all I know, like, she was a catfish. You carded her? Yeah. Like, she's like, let's, and I was like, I, I, I FaceTimed her on Snapchat. Uh-huh. Because you, you can do that. Okay. And then I had, I've told this story, and I had. Had it up on the ceiling. I had it up the ceiling, yeah. and I'm like, show me your ID. Because it was like, you might not be, you know, like, her, you, oh, her, like... her Instagram had, like, at the time, like, I think, like, 30 pictures, which isn't, like. It really depends on who you are, but like it's not that hard for a catfish to find thirty pictures of someone else, like some model of some like model, and and I was just like, you ID'd her. That's so funny. Yeah, I was like, I just want to know you're a real person. Nick on their wedding also, day. Can I see? Your I ID? don't know if I would show you my ID. Like if someone was like, show me your ID right off the bat, I would be like worried that there was some kind of data scam. Also, <laughs> that's true. But I guess you had like. You had the followers, so it was like it was the one blue of those things where I was just like, was fine. "Yeah, I was." Uh, I'm just a cautious dater too. Like I was, as meeting people online. I think there's just a lot of people pretending to be other people and and stuff like that. And I would just rather, at the risk. And my point of bringing that up is, she could have easily thought I was weird. 
that's totally. you know and i and i didn't care because i didn't know who the fuck she was or even if she was real and at that moment it was i don't care what this stranger thinks about me i would rather just know i'm actually talking to someone and they're you gotta a real watch person your back on the internet and it gave me peace of mind to be like oh now i can talk to you it's an okay thing you know and because also the reason why i did it too is like i you know to the story like i had facetimed someone who then screenshotted that we were facetiming and and then they later on sold it as like we're good friends and like nick facetimes me but like i facetimed them once to answer a question I, I knew who they were but i didn't really have that much of a relationship with them and they ended up being someone like that just told a bunch of lies. They were like referred to me by someone else. It's like this, but you know what I'm saying. So it was just like, I don't even know like carding them, like at the moment because it's like you could be like, oh, I Facetimed her, like it's she she answered, it's her. But I like wanted to know like was that a real name? You know what I'm saying? Like I just I was hyper paranoid for sure. How was the day? I didn't card him, but <laughs> it went well regardless. How did it end? We're going to go on another one when I'm back from New York. Yeah. I hosted a Seder on Saturday. So I had 13 people at my house. I'm a terrible cook. Like, I really like... And for the people who don't know what a Seder is? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. So a Seder is a traditional meal for Passover. It is my favorite holiday because it's so... It's like community theater. Like, you... you Like, the whole idea is Is that... Is it kind of like Thanksgiving for Jewish people? Totally. And like with the component of like telling the story about like being slaves in Egypt and then being freed, etc. And so you tell it in like a first person like we narrative and like there's like it's there's a Seder plate that has a bunch of different food items and each one has an explanation. It's all very like metaphorical. Um and then there's like the four children, like the wise it's like it's, Do you cast this? So I found this like so the Haggadah is like the book that you would read to like go through the Seder. And I found one. I found an atheist, feminist, uh, vegetarian Haggadah Hell yeah. <laughs> to read through with friends. And because I was running the show, we skipped whatever I wanted to skip because I was like it was a lot of people's first Seders. Everyone's being such a good sport, like participating. And so I was, was like it all Jewish people. Not at all. Not at all. There were like maybe four Jews. Out of the 13 of us, like it was a lot of people. It was like very multi-faith as an event, but everybody was like such a good sport about it. And it was a lot of like new friends from improv. And it just like felt very much like it was the first time I'd seen my own kitchen in like the post-holiday state, you know, where it's like you're running the dishwasher. The leftovers are put away, but like the countertop is still dirty. You've got the wine glasses out because you're going to do them in the morning. Like kind of like that, like holiday-esque thing that I always associate with like like my parents or my grandparents, like a like a real household, and it was crazy for me being like, "Wow, I was the one who hosted the holiday." Adulting, wow, yeah, doing the thing. Nicely done. It rocked. It worked. You also get four glasses of wine during the seder. Everyone. I wasn't invited. I didn't because I was cooking and I was like, I didn't eat anything. But it's like for part a of the prop. Yeah, You're it rocks. Four, four glass. glasses of wine. <laughs> Doesn't that? It's a fun holiday, people. How specific. <laughs> it's very specific. Very niche. I feel like Catholics on Easter would probably do the same. Uh, yeah, I just, it's never, it's just this, it's like, it's, Have you ever that been it's to a, a thing. Yeah. No. I'll invite you to my Seder next year. I'd be year. down to go. I've never been to, uh, uh, any Jewish holiday. I'd be okay. Down. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring I you actually haven't to been one. to any non-Christian holiday. I don't know what that says about me, but I'd, I'd totally be down. Well, I feel like people don't, I think a lot of people aren't participating like in religiosity, at least in my sphere as much yeah. as they were before. So it kind of makes sense to like, you would have friends of all different religions, but it doesn't necessarily mean you'd like participate in a religious. But I guess it makes sense. Like 
Because I would, I would definitely be interested in coming as an observer and a participator of someone who's like not a believer. Some people don't want that energy mm-hmm. in their celebration, so and that's totally fine too. You have to like what what you kind of hosted this kind of welcoming like I want to do this, but all are welcome. Totally. kind of event. So yeah, I, I'd be down. You can go to my kids' bar mitzvah. All right. I've never. Can I, I'm not getting invited to any of these things. I you can come. come to my kids' bar mitzvah. Everyone can come yeah. to my kids' bar mitzvah. <laughs> no, we're actively not inviting. I've you. never been to one. <laughs> 14 years, or, okay, let me do the math. She's Kid pregnant 13. currently. <laughs> we're trying to create a, a, a like This a, is my way of announcing. We're trying to create, like, a, like a, you, we're trying to give you a fan club, Allie. We're like, Allie and I are just going to, like, low-key bully you and ignore Amanda you. Amanda and I. Amanda and I. So that there's a part of our audience that feels sorry for you. Like, why do you guys always <laughs> Nick, do that? that's a crazy yeah. thing to say. <laughs> I'm so relatable. I'm so sad. People love Allie. <laughs> You're beloved. You're beloved in the DMs. <laughs> the best thing I ever said on this podcast was the LAX dog peeing situation. I will never top that. That was That's not true. Everybody has a good pee story. Everyone has a good pee story. That wasn't the most exciting thing you have to say. I mean, what's not what's not true is you won't top that. I believe that you will. Thank you. We have a great episode for you today. Uh I do want to announce on this show that I want to manifest getting Harry Styles on this podcast. Please. And, and I think it's possible. Like, I don't think it's possible anytime soon. We're playing the long game. We're playing the long game. I feel like if we just kind of say it enough, but here's why I think it's possible. What I noticed while seeing Harry Styles in concert is like, again, this, this is an, an, an insanely empathetic man that has a very intimate relationship with his women audience. And I think unique to, I think in, in a more unique way than say other like male celebrities who obviously have a strong, passionate women audience. Like it's more like he, you can see, I feel like this deliberate attempt by the, by Harry to not only have women be fans of him, but to connect with the women he's, you know, I, yeah. does that make sense? I also feel like his, like the, his masculinity, I personally find like, so non-confrontational, it, yeah. but so hot. Yeah, no, like, I love everything about it. And I feel like, I mean, he's welcome to come on any of our shows, but I feel like not only would Harry thrive, but I think he would be into an Ask Nick episode. Mm. Like, we have this show, and, and like, I'm not trying to compare myself to Harry Styles, but like, <laughs> you know, we have like millions of people who listen to this podcast every month. Uh, many of them are women and I I'm like aware of that and I I I, I feel a sense of pride and responsibility of I like, feel like you have like kind of a girl dad energy about it <laughs> yeah there's just I, I I don't take it for granted and I feel like Harry doesn't take his audience for granted and I feel like he would be if the right situation presented himself I feel like it would pique his curiosity also just a couple other parallels again I think I think he's watched I think he's a Bachelor fan. I think there might be a curiosity there. We both did Sleep Stories for Calm. <laughs> That's, I mean, I'm reaching at this point. <laughs> but, like, you can listen to me read you Sleeping Beauty. And, and you can listen to... Is Harry. that a thing? Yeah. Where yeah. can I find that? Uh, Ellie, the, how do you want to hear... We listen to Nick's voice. No, I've fallen so much. I've we said need this. respect. Nuh-uh. I've fallen asleep to Nick's voice before. Can I would we, rather uh, have it be something new and exciting. Fall asleep 
and fall in love with the dreamy voice of Harry Styles. Yeah, someday. someday I think it's possible. I, th I feel like we have the type of show that might pique his curiosity, and I feel like if enough fans, like, you know, slide into Harry, like, someday, he'll be like, this, this... So it's a call to action. Fucking, no, I don't need... <laughs> slide into his DMs. I don't want everyone, like, harassing <laughs> Harry. Yeah, because we're playing the long game, so it's like... Yeah, this is not going to happen. We don't want to start don't the, like, the public version of this campaign yeah. yet. <laughs> but, like, you know, I just want to put it, you know, maybe... Plant the seed. Maybe, yeah, like, I, mean, I don't... In a tactful way, like let, we just hope that Harry someday becomes aware of what we're doing, and and might. I think he'd be, you know, Justin Long kind of type of like empathy with. I think he would thrive. I think it would be, and if I'm if I was pitching his manager and PR, I'd be like, how could this be bad for Harry's brand? You know, having some, uh, you know, we can. We usually have women calling in. We we love. We, we always want and love when their men call in, but... We love it when women call in, too. If we told people... That, well, that yeah, we, yeah, we sorry, always... Sorry. That sound like we did? I just feel like, I feel like you were like, we really love the men. I no, I just want to make it seem... I don't want the women to feel taken for granted. No, I, I, no we, we, love, we love the women. Like they, <laughs> but when, when the occasional guy, when I'm saying we, we appreciate them, too. But we would probably have an all... Uh, maybe we'll have a throw on a guy. I don't know. I don't know who would be calling in. We would have, like, thousands of people. That would want I think he would just be so life. good. I feel like, could you imagine Harry Him mediating, medi talking about fuckboys and situationships, and like empowering this audience to, and coming from Harry Styles? I feel like, how could that? I'm determined. Yeah, I've always got because, and I always get asked like in United interviews, like, "Who's your dream podcast guest?" And I've always like have a hard time answering that. That's like now it's Harry Styles. It's you know because like I have a man crush also on Brad Pitt, but like as much as I would love to have Brad Pitt on, but I don't know if this is Brad Pitt's vibe. I don't know if he would be all that interested in, in talking about the topics we talk about on the show, but I think Harry might. I think that's kind of the interesting thing about Ask Nick, though, is that I think it's inherently like pretty endearing and pretty intimate to see someone show like empathy for a stranger and do their real best attempt at advice because like you get to see the their full emotional intelligence when they're it's not applied to their own life with their own biases and so i think there's like the more i think i like at first i was like what would brad pitt do you want to ask me i was like it would probably be sweet honestly it'd probably with fine, most people but it would he probably might be not really be, sweet he just might not be interested because i feel like cause certain people like like i i do think i'm good at what i do right like and i and i you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I always say how often that I'm not an expert and I'm not a therapist, but like I, 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 the way I answer people's questions, I, I do it with a sense of responsibility and thoughtfulness, you know, like I'm not like a cavalier about it. And maybe someone like Brad Pitt is just like, I'm not comfortable in a way because like, I just don't, I'm not used to giving people my opinion. And maybe my opinion isn't like the right thing to say. I don't know. And I would actually think that would be and that, like, that would be a great thing. Cause he's like, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm not into it. Like I've, I've, as I've thought about like this, like this show and why I like doing this and why we talk about the topics we talk about is that like, I've always kind of on some level my whole life enjoyed girl talk. I have plenty of like traditional, like male qualities of things I'm interested in, but I've always enjoyed having women friends and talking about relationships and feelings and, and, and drama like when I'm being honest with myself I'm like I've kind of always been into that yeah and I feel like Harry is is we're, we're like-minded in that way like I've always been very comfortable around women 
I think it's partly like my relationship with my mom and my sisters and things like that, where like other guy friends I've had, and I'm also comfortable with men. I have a lot of guy friends, but like I realize that like I, and that's yeah. not this, you know, and I hope that doesn't sound like pretentious. I'm just like comfortable with it. And no, I guess I that leads to like, why do, why do I host a podcast where I talk about this shit? You strike me as a man who <laughs> people would feel comfortable to ask to buy tampons, no hesitation. Yeah. And like, I feel the same way about Harry Styles. Like it would not be a big deal not a thing. at all. It's just a human thing. Or guys weird about that still? Occasionally. Or just like, even just like a little bit, not even like weird, like I won't do it, but just like a little bit like embarrassed about the idea. Or like kind of like, hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I have an IUD, so. I remember one time I was like, oh, I was talking to someone, another woman of like not feeling good. And I was like, oh, but I remembered it's like almost that time of the month. And a guy walked in, her husband walked in and was like can we leave this conversation in the sorority house, ladies? Like, he did, like, not want to talk about oh. periods whatsoever. Yeah, I guess I've always been comfortable. Like, and more like, I just didn't, it just was a thing mm-hmm. that happens. Anyway, uh, this is all to say, <laughs> someday, I think it's possible. I don't start, know when. Start manifesting. I don't now. know how long, but I'm just putting it out there into the world. Uh we have a great week lined up for you. We have uh, Clayton Eckhart and maybe Susie will pop in. Also, uh, Kale Lowry will be with us in studio. Clayton's going to zoom in uh, and we'll talk about whatever it is going on in the world. And then on Wednesday, we have uh, legendary Josh Peck uh, talk about his new book and life. And he'll be with us to also commentate on uh, world events, pop culture. Anything else before we get to our callers? Let's get to them. All right, let's go. Noom! (laughs) Shavings make a pile, people. Noom is helping people across this great country of ours meet their wellness goals, whatever those goals are. It's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. And they have such a great success rate because Noom's psychological approach is based on scientific principle like cognitive behavioral therapy. There's a method to uh, our brain's madness. And... Noom is helping peel back those layers to help train our brains into getting to where we want to be, which helps people better understand their relationship with food and build sustainable habits that last a lifetime. Noom understands that building long-term positive habits can be hard and filled with ups and downs, and that's why Noom believes it's about progress, not perfection, because everybody's journey looks different. Noom is grounded in science. It's at the heart of everything they do. With Noom, taking care of your health is empowering instead of stress-inducing. No need to fear ruining a whole program with one day off. Noom will help you get back to on track. And that's what I love about Noom. Uh, for me, I, I use it to I want to maintain my level of fitness. And I've never felt like I've dieted ever as using Noom. I always get to, you know, you have your cheat days, whatever you want to call them. It just, it really kind of gives you that kind of holistic approach. You can look at your eating habits from like a 30,000-foot view, Right. Start building better hab- habits today. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash V-I-A-L-L to sign up for your trial today. Vizzy, all right. Get your hard seltzer on and do it with some antioxidant vitamin C. Why would you, why would you drink any other hard, hard seltzer? Makes no sense. Do they have antioxidant vitamin C? Do they taste as delicious as Vizzy? No. Answer to both is no. They come in delicious flavors like pineapple mango, black cherry lime, my favorite, strawberry kiwi, paw, brewberry pomegranate, close second of my favorites, papaya mat, passion fruit, watermelon, strawberry, black 
Berry lemon, also delicious. Vizzy has launched the first nationwide mimosa hard seltzer as well. What was I just talking to you about earlier? Yeah. How excited I was for this mimosa seltzer. Because it's everything I love in one can. Yeah. Vizzy has taken the classic OJ and champagne duo that all you women seem to love. I don't mean to stereotype, but like, I'm just saying. (laughs) I love it. I see a lot of men drinking mimosas. (laughs) I don't feel the ladies love the mimosas. Like, you know, just, and that's great. You know, I wish I enjoyed it. I wish I, I loved him. I, love, I wish I loved anything as much as women love mimosas. <laughs> They're so good. And Vizzy is killing it with their mimosa hard seltzer. It's not just orange, though. There's different flavors. That's what I love when I go to get a mimosa. Like, you can choose. There's strawberry orange, pineapple orange. I'm really into pineapple lately. Had some pineapple drinks on Saturday. Not sure who paid for them, but they were delicious. Mm. Peach orange, pomegranate orange. <laughs> and, and it's just right there in a can. And it has that same antioxidant vitamin C in it. And you don't have to get all these supplies and mm-mm, make it. Mm-mm. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash V-I-A-L-L. To get updates on their latest flavor drops and more, sign up for their emails at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. Must be 21 years or older. Question time with Nick. Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's your name? Uh, Jack29. Well, uh, how can I help Jack? Okay. Well, a couple months ago, um, met a girl on Hinge, then DM'd her on Instagram, met at a bar, kind of had a, a friends with benefits thing going. Uh, I was up front early that I didn't really want a relationship, just wanted something casual. It was going great. She was about it. We'd see each other about once a week. I don't think either of us thought for anything. It wasn't about maybe a month after I met her, I met a different girl in a bar and we hit it off immediately, hung out for a couple hours that night, hung out the next night, hung out later that week. Um, It was a way different connection than I had with Dana, who was the friends of benefit. Um, Jen was the, was the new girl I met who had, who I had kind of the instantaneous connection with. Um, that kind of went on for about a month. I was seeing uh, Dana, the friends with benefit while I was seeing Jen. I wasn't having sex with Jen, um, which was interesting. It wasn't, it wasn't something that bothered me, but it was kind of new for me, I guess. Um, so, and, and, and so Dana hookup, buddy right. and 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 jen was this girl you had this kind of call it spark instant connection and you just hung out and got to know each other right it was so interesting about jen was like i didn't really it didn't bother me that not that it should bother me that we're not having sex but like it was just one of those you weren't things. used to it right exactly yeah. while all that was going on i i got to the point where about about a month into hanging out with jen I kind of saw a night where there was a good chance we were all going to be at the same bar together. And I figured one way or another, that would probably be bad if I didn't have a conversation with everyone before that. It seems like this one night of potentially everyone running into into each other was like, hey, all right, I need to have these conversations. But and there's nothing wrong with it, but like while this month of getting to know Jen and, and hooking up with Dana, prior to that, were you starting to think in your head, am I getting to a point where 
maybe I need to like stop this hookup thing because I'm actually like starting to like this person. Like what was your, or was it just like, I don't, I'd rather just face it rather than get caught in a, like a, uh, awkward situation. Yeah. I mean, I was getting to the point with Jen where I, I really just wanted to date her and be in a relationship with her at that point. But part of it was why I felt like I needed to have these conversations is I didn't know for sure if Dana felt like she had feelings or anything, or maybe she did want more. And I, I didn't want it to be a thing. We all ran into each other at a bar and it was a disaster and everyone was unhappy with how it turned out. Sure. I would have rather done it on terms that I guess weren't in a bar when people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I respect that. Yeah. I texted uh, Dana. I probably, I should have done it in person. I would rather done it in person. It was kind of like the day before when I like kind of had this epiphany. And so I texted her. Then we talked on the phone for 10 minutes. It was a little bit icy, but I felt, I feel like, I mean, we're at a, we're at a good spot now. We don't like, Like, what'd you say to her? Part of it was my wording wasn't great. It kind of made me feel scummy, which is part of the reason I wanted to get other people's opinion on this is I pretty much mentioned maybe I was overly transparent that I was going to be at this bar with this other girl that I'm seeing. And I wanted to figure out where your head is at with, with us. And if we're cool with being friends with benefits going forward. And she didn't really like that. And honestly, I kind of get why she didn't like it. Um, it's pro- probably a weird thing to hear that like this guy is going to be at another bar where you're going to be at. And I don't know. It's, it's just- weird. But the only thing that I would nitpick with how you said it is you were still open, open to continuing the friends with benefits. Right. Because it sounded like, it's like, I would understand. It's like, listen, we had this, you know, you set up for an expectations with her when you first met. I'm not looking for anything serious for whatever reason that you decided that. And, and then you met this person who caught you off guard. You started liking them. You're hanging out. But like, you're now you're at this point of kind of compromise. Like, like, what do you, what do you want? Like, do you want to date this uh, Jen girl? Well, that there's a little too, well, I guess we can just get to that part. So this didn't surprise me, but two days after I had this conversation with, with uh, Dana, Jen texted me and said that she wasn't emotionally in it right now. Um, she just didn't, I think she was, okay. she said she was fresh off a breakup when we met and wasn't even trying to date. And that that month we had, where we were hanging out a lot. She didn't expect at all. And this didn't surprise me at all either. But you had, and you had never still hadn't hooked up with Jen. Right. Gotcha. But that text didn't surprise me because she had been kind of distant. And you kind I of felt kind of it a little bit. It. Yeah. yeah. And so... Like, had you been hooking up with Jen, we could have called it like a fuckboy circle. I mean, you know, like Jen... Right. <laughs> but, For sure. And that's, um, that's, a, that's a big one of my questions is I wanted to know if even though I was... So while I was hooking up with Dana, did I owe it to Jen to tell her that I was hooking up with someone else even though... <laughs> I mean, we were, we would like make out, but we weren't like. Yeah, I don't know things. if you're just like hanging out and not. People have different kind of expectations and rules on this personal role, so I don't think there's a clear answer. I think, listen, the the righteous thing to do if you're physically active with two different people is at a minimum to like wear protection and right. and and certainly be honest when they ask. Some people don't like to know, though. Mm-hmm. That is a real thing. I mean, I've been accused of oversharing. <laughs> 
uh, in in my life, and it's just like, yeah, I didn't really uh, need to do that. And it, it, when I was when I was dating and 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 not in a relationship, like, you know, um, it was always important to practice safe sex. But like, you know, it's not 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 everyone. I was always surprised by the amount of of like women out there who also like you'd bust out a condom and be like, oh, condom, and I'd be like. I was really disappointed by your reaction to like me <laughs> bringing out a condom. It's right. like okay, now I'm now I'm wearing two. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like. So I don't think you did anything wrong there. I I'm curious, and the thing about dating now is I'm what I, I guess I'm curious. What was it about Dana that made you say uh, I'm not looking for anything serious right now? And then what was it about this other girl that made you? kind of want to you know consider taking it serious it's interesting because i probably like when i met dana i would have told pretty much anyone that i wasn't looking for a relationship right now that's what I i'm mean, saying I, well, but so it was much, something about jen that kind of took you yeah, off. yeah it was like this she reminded me of where i'm from she had this kind of wholesomeness that i'm in a i'm in a pretty big west coast city and it was just she she had a wholesomeness that was unlike any woman I've met here. And it really stuck out to me. And it was like, it was like I was just hanging out with a friend from back home. And I'm from like a, a small town in the country. And she was just really easygoing, really fun to talk to. Super, I mean, we could do anything together and have fun. It was just like a great friendship at the very least. And like, we're, we're still friends. Like we went, we went on a, a, hike thing uh last week but i mean it's cool it's not i don't see it for anything it's not that's kind of an interesting story i feel like she's possibly bread breadcrumbing me a little bit but i mean it's not something well, I'm yeah she's uh you've if, if if what she's saying is true she just got out of a relationship who knows how long it was maybe she got fucked up a little bit she met you yeah. you have fun you're not sexually active with each other and up until this point you've been cool with like becoming a friend and yeah, like you're a handsome guy and I'm sure she finds you attractive to a certain degree. Like the question is like everyone has makes an exceptions to certain things, right? Like, you know, it's kind of like your Dana to her, right? Right. Like a good look, you know, someone you're like, yeah, attractive and you're hooking up with and you like, but you just have the mindset of kind of being single. Mm-hmm. And and this Jill girl got out of this relationship, has the mindset of being single, met you, and you're like cool to hang out with, but you're not you're not making her want to make you're not you're not making her want to make an exception for this kind of boundaries he's set for herself right now, which is like right now my priority is being single, right? Right. Because right now they're both in the picture, yeah. Dana isn't. I mean, like I sent her an Instagram DM about her story the other day, but it was just a one message thing. So, so the, so no, the hookup thing is done. Right. And and is that because she was just like, you know, I know too much now and I don't well, hooking up. That Friday, like I, I was I want I was down to keep it going, but I knew going in it, it was probably more likely than not it didn't keep going. So it was it was just okay. I mean it's Okay. It wasn't, I didn't. I didn't want to jeopardize the, the chance of a future with Jen. So, what's your question? Like, how to move forward with Jen? Yeah. Well, no. I just think in these situations, like, can you be overly 
transparent. Like, cause I, that's something I think I've been accused of in the past. And like, I think dating, it's good to be super transparent, but I just wonder if, if you, I mean, I think you can be too transparent. Like, people uh, Sure. Can you be ever. too transparent? Of course. Were you? I don't think so. And I would rather be accused of oversharing than lying or being deceitful or hiding. There are so many things that can go wrong while traveling, especially at the airport. It can be an incredibly inconvenient experience. Having an away suitcase makes you, uh, well, look cooler, but also it's practical. It's the appropriate size. So many like carry-on suitcases are too big. And then they make you check your goddamn bag. Mm -hmm. You know who you are. They also incredibly durable. They don't they have like a lifetime warranty or something? Yeah, some they shit? do. do they, and it comes that? with like a little cleaning sponge. It's also like the design. It has so many elements that I did not know I needed in a suitcase. Like there's a built-in laundry bag, which is so helpful. And a way it just has like this really intentional, smart way of letting you organize your stuff within it. And they're, it's it's so reasonably priced. Mm -hmm. Luggage is really expensive, and you yeah. can pay a fortune. For good luggage, yeah. For good luggage. And Away is incredibly reasonably priced. I was like, that's all it costs? Start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of the travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That's awaytravel.com slash V-I-A-L-L. When people accuse you of oversharing, they're accusing you of sharing information that they, they didn't like to hear. And usually that information they didn't like to hear is something that's triggering their ego. And if I'm Dana, yeah, I'd be like, fine, you're just telling me that you like someone better than me. You know, that's what you're telling her. And even if she wasn't obsessed with you, no one likes to hear that, right? It's just yeah. like, hey, by the way, I... I think someone's more attractive than you. Hey, you know, like you're, uh, you're okay, but someone else, uh, you know, it's, and so when you say that they don't like it and then they can accuse you of oversharing, but it's probably something she needed to hear right now. She maybe got annoyed or frustrated or ego was triggered. And now she is free of you. And now you're not hanging out and maybe she's like a little frustrated and kind of like rolling her eyes and, now she's not in a situationship with you because had you not met Jill, there's a chance you could have like been hooking up. Maybe she slowly developed feelings. And meanwhile, you're that, hey, I told you I wasn't looking at anything serious. And neither of you really checked in. So you're operating under this, um, hey, I told you I didn't want anything serious. I set these expectations. You've never challenged me on these expectations. You never brought anything up because she's like, she's reading into all the things you guys are doing and she's telling your friends, but like we did this and we did that. And like, Oh, he likes you girl. And you're thinking, I told you I didn't want anything serious. And then it gets into this like situation and someone's feelings get hurt. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I, me personally, I don't know if everyone agrees. I think it's, I think it's better to be communicative and at the risk of oversharing because nothing, you're not like oversharing. Like, what did you say? You just were upfront. And sometimes right. things are hard to hear. That doesn't mean you're oversharing. Mm -hmm. They might accuse you of it in the moment, but that's because their ego's triggered and they're like, oh, I didn't need to hear that. But you just were trying to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. that's my general point of view. Unless you run into someone who sets an expectation of like, I don't need to know. Right. You know? Hey, great. Going forward, we're going to hook up. If do your thing, I don't want an update. You know, if they set that expectation, then then fine. But if if they don't, you have the right to say, I don't. Sh do you want me to share this stuff with you? You know, like maybe 
if one thing you could do is ask, a, you know, vaguely, hey, I know we mentioned we're just kind of hooking up and this is casual, but like, I, I'm assuming you're still dating. I'm still dating. Do you want me to tell you if I go on dates or if I hook up with someone? Like, what are your, what's that expectation? Like, that would be an easier way to get an answer about what they want without waiting until something happens and then dropping this truth that might trigger their ego. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like that's sense. one adjustment you could do is just ask about what they want if something happens, mm-hmm. you know, and I ideally do it before something happens. Right. It's, uh, it's hard because I, I kind of pride myself on I like to like always end things on good terms but it's it's a it's yeah. a tough thing to deal with sometimes yeah you can't unfortunately you can't and also they'll get over it if, if you were respectful if all you were was honest and it triggered their ego a little bit they'll they'll get over it like as long as you didn't do anything rude or cruel or mean in my experience and i get two women in this room i feel like women hate feeling used and lied to way more than they than they hate their ego being bruised Mm-hmm. it doesn't mean they like their ego being bruised. It doesn't mean they like rejection, but they can get over that because we all can get over that. But like feeling manipulated and used and let on, um, is, is something that hurts a little bit more and leaves a little bit more of, of like a collateral damage, so to speak. So, uh, I have a question about how you think I should move forward with Jen. So based on stop hanging out with her. Yeah. I was going to say based on your past, I, I've listened to yeah. Ask Nick a lot, and I appreciate it. I, I would, I would guess that you would tell me to tell her that I have plenty of friends. I don't need another friend. Some version of that. Does she know you like, like her? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, after just... she texted me, we talked for like ten minutes, exchanged a couple like heartfelt texts, and then that was pretty much it. Yeah, I think you, you kind of already said it. If she, I don't think you should reach out to hang out with her at all. In this situation, what you have the benefit of is she's told you what she wanted. So now if she wants to hang out with you, you remind her what she wants. She told you, which is, you know, you're, you're working on getting over your relationship and you're not ready for this right now. And that's just kind of how I see you. And I think you're great. And any guy would be lucky to have you, but yeah, like, I don't know if I want to be just your pal. And so if, if things change for you and, and you want to like, Try it. Give me a call. Uh, otherwise, like, I think you're amazing. And, um, you know, I hope to hear from you. Yeah. Like I texted her a week after we had our conversation about going on a hike and then we did that. And then now I just feel like there's not really any point to text her again and just kind of let the chips fall. Uh, absolutely not, not. Because even if she reaches out to you, when you like, if you go hiking again, she, you become her hiking buddy and you become right. the guy she can reach out to anytime she's bored, she will see you less and less as boyfriend material or potential option. She will just see you as someone who's available to her. And subconsciously, she'll start using it. She'll be the fuck boy in, in that situation because it's, you know, you know, you're not hooking up, but in the sense that, like, you, you will be allowing her to use you at her convenience for companionship and, and when she's feeling lonely and you want to say, you want her to look at you as someone who, you know, only gives their time to people they want to prioritize, isn't always available, is sought after by other, uh, women, you know? Um, so yeah, I think you should get back out there and, and meet new people, maybe find a new hookup 
buddy, you know, if, if that's just the kind of what you're feeling, you know, uh, and just be upfront like you are and, you know, she'll, uh, she'll, if she's interested in dating you, she'll circle back. And if not, you just let her go. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I didn't think I wanted anything more than, more than a hookup. And then she's actually the first girl I've I like gotten to the point where I wanted to like date in about four years. So it's, yeah. it's been kind of enlightening. I hear you. And that's, uh, it's one of those things that you're like, you get excited and you're bummed if it's not reciprocated, but, and I, and I, and I get the whole feels like home thing, but it's a nice thing, but there's so much more to compatibility than right. someone who might, you know, like, and maybe just be a little bit more open-minded to maybe don't hook up with people so quickly. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care if you do, you know what I'm saying? But like, right. I think you're going into these, you're, you're kind of like, I want to be upfront. I don't want to be accused of leading anyone on. So I'm just gonna be like, Hey, listen, I'm not looking for anything serious right now. And it's kind of something a fuck boy kind of says, even though you you are being honest. So like good for you. But if you go on a date, maybe just slow it down. And like, having sex early on does change how people get to know each other. It mm-hmm. does, you know, it takes a little bit of a mystery out of it. You're just like, see what it's like. There, there, I think there is also something to be said about the fact that you didn't sleep with this jail person, you know, totally. you started liking her. So just for yourself, see what it's like to like go on a date, vibe with someone and play it slow. I mean, you've tried the, go on a date, like someone have sex in the first couple dates thing. And then say, Hey, you want to like keep having the sex? It's pretty good. And you've done that for four years mm-hmm. and just try something new. See what happens. You know, okay. I'm, I'm curious if you, um, find yourself a little bit more curious, cu- uh, curious about some of these women you're going on dates with, and you're going to eventually, uh, most of these women find out they're still not your person, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm really pay attention to your curiosity about these women you're going on dates with, right? Like, are you, do you find yourself a little bit more anxious to go on a third date with this girl? Even though you're still like, I don't know, first date was okay. Second date was pretty good, but like, yeah, I don't know. I still want to go because you haven't hooked up with him yet. I'm really, I'm, I'm curious of how you'll feel. Right. I'm excited to uh, try it out. All right, buddy. All right. Well, let us know. I'm curious. Uh, and, uh, thanks for calling in. Sounds good. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Bye-bye. How's it going? I'm good. Um, my name is Bridget. I'm 25 years old. How can I help Bridget? So there's something been on my mind for a while and I thought I've gotten past it, but it's like kind of like you push it to the back of your mind, but it's still there and you're like, I'll deal with it later. So basically, uh, I have this best friend back home. So I moved away from home and we've had a lot of history. He's liked me a few times and every time I told myself like, no, I don't see it. Um, and then, so what happened was I moved this, away. This friend a, is a, a guy that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So his name is Toby, just for if I ever reference him. We got really close during COVID. I'm sure as everyone else did, but it was like we were inseparable and I totally know I created very attack like bad attachment in like a I can't see myself apart from him type of way and I just knew I needed to get space from it because I just wasn't seeing it clearly I don't know it's confusing you know I'm curious is it because you had already told yourself early on that like 
you weren't into him and then you got close to him and you felt like too close like was there anything about how you got close that felt unhealthy or anything like that or you just you just spent a lot of time uh, together and, and 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 grew connected i probably a bit of both like i just the codependency was just a lot and it was why do you think it was codependency versus two people just connecting probably because i just could not see myself doing anything without him and it was just too much okay it was like i always depended on like everything i would do i would think about uh, how it affected him and i was just kind of losing a sense of self too so it was just a, Wait, so a lot when, but when, when you said everything i would do so were you you were just considering his feelings so like what i'm saying is were you considering doing things for yourself and not doing those things out of fear of how it would affect him or you know what I'm saying? Or was it just, you found yourself always wanted to hang out, ha to hang out with him, and that bothered you for whatever reason. And you separated, which, which one is probably, the, probably the latter, the latter. Okay. Yeah. To me, that just sounds like someone you like. And again, I'm not know, a therapist and I, I don't, uh, I'm not an expert in attachment styles or codependency, but to me, it sounds yeah. like you're describing someone you just enjoy being around, which is kind of a nice thing and, it is. and, and hard to find. And are, are, is it because, you know, we talked, this is the spark and we had a caller before who, you know, different story, but referenced this kind of initial like excitement about meeting someone and you didn't yeah. have this with this friend, it, it developed. And is knowing that it had to develop what bothers you about it? I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's okay. So what are you debating? Like, what are you struggling with right now? During COVID, he confessed his feelings and then I kind of like toned it down. I was like, no, like we're just kind of maybe think we're just always with each other. So I think that's why we like each other. And then uh, I was moving away. And so, so I moved away and then we tried to stay in touch. And then I think I didn't realize how much it affected him because I moved away. I was experiencing new things, making new friends. So I kind of fell off the map a bit. And then he kind of ghosted me in a sense, if I were to put into. No, it sounds like he just kind of moved on. Well, yeah, but to me, it was like we had this strong connection that and then I reached out to him because I was going through some personal things and he just wasn't there. And I, so that kind of hurt me. Yeah, I, I, I'm uh, I'm team him on that one, though. He, <laughs> you know, like you said, a, you you're he confessed his feelings. You said yeah. no. You know, at that point, the friend there's not the, the friendship is it's not a friendship, right? He wasn't able to be your friend anymore. And he wanted to be there for you in the context of a romantic relationship, which he has a right to, to ask for. And you have a right to say no. And you tried to have your cake and eat it too. You went through something and you resorted back to someone who made you feel safe and comfortable. And well, how far, like how far away from you guys, how far away from each other are you guys? Three hour difference. So he's, Okay. Three hours ahead. So quite a, quite a oh, three hours ahead. Yeah. So he's, he's like across on the country. The other side of, yeah, he's on the other side of the country. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that makes it harder. 
do you have any plans on moving home or, or like put it this way? Would you, is that what's really stopping you or is that just a big inconvenience? A little bit of both. So little, I, when he told me he liked me, I really thought of like, why don't I want to be with him? Obviously he's the important person in my life. And it was just little things. Like I felt like I was babying him and helping him and I was okay doing that as a best friend, but in a romantic partner, I just couldn't, I didn't want to be the mother. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. So you felt like he might, wasn't maybe as self-sufficient or didn't kind of take charge of his own life as much as you hoped or wanted him to. Yeah, and I didn't want to be with someone who wasn't able to do that. And I felt bad almost thinking that about him too. Well, sure. You can feel bad, but it's, it's still the truth and you were allowed to feel that way. And that's something he has totally control, total control over. He's not incapable of doing the things that you want him to do, right? Yeah. Have you ever expressed that to him? Probably not as much as I should have. I think I was just being more helpful than I was being like. It's a tough conversation to have that with him. But yeah, it might be also too like so it might be too late because you're not yeah. talking right now. Yeah. No, it's been a couple months and he has a new girlfriend and it's been a bit weird. Oh, he has a new girlfriend. I think you gotta let him go. Yeah. So what are you feeling right now? Are you like how what's what in this new place you're at? Or like what's your friend situation? Are you feeling lonely or bored? What's like probably lonely because I've only I've only been here for like three months. Yeah. And I'm just not as you know, you miss those deep connections that you have back home. Totally. Yeah. So I think I just miss him a lot. I'm sorry. My <laughs> guess is my guess is it's a combination of things. My guess is you really care about this guy. You you mm -hmm. did like him. I think, as always, your gut is usually right. Something about your gut felt off about the connection you had with this guy, right? Maybe yeah. the fact that you knew you were moving, you he was nice and great, but as a life partner, you felt like maybe he was a little immature or incapable of kind of like taking charge of his own life. And, and like you said, you felt a little bit like you played more of a, like a motherly sister babysitter role, which I think is, can be very relatable for people in relationships. You know, both men and women can yeah. feel that way with their partners. And you didn't like that. Right. Then you moved, you know, moving can be hard. You meet some friends, you kind of go in these like peaks and valleys of meeting people and, and having things to do, but then realizing maybe like, I don't know, like, I don't know if these are like deep connections and those fade away. And then you meet, you know, new people and it takes a good year or two in a new city to really build a core group of friends and, and people that you build these connections with. And that's part of the fear, but also the excitement of, of moving and you're, you're young in that kind of stage of your life that you get to do these things. So I think a lot of the fact that like you're going through this right now, you're kind of conveniently replaying in your head like that. You, you miss the connection more than I think you miss him. And I think you miss the connection in him, but it doesn't take away from the fact of what um, caused you to say no to him in the first place. And your gut is usually right. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's a very valid feeling that you had about not wanting to, you know, feel like a mother with your boyfriend. Because yeah. that, that's a hard thing to change. You could have, like, one thing you could have done is you could have had a very tough and uncomfortable conversation with him and tell him that, which most likely he wouldn't have taken well, you know, 
And yeah. he wouldn't have taken well. It would have hurt his feelings and he would have gotten defensive and might not have done anything about it because he might not have known how to do it. You know what I'm saying? So like this type of maturity and, and, and kind of motivation that he lacked for you, it was going to at least take him maybe a couple years to figure out. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. you ever did. You weren't going to be like, hey, I wish you didn't have to do the, you know, I wish I didn't have to do this and I wish you would do a little bit more of that. There was no version of him being like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just, I'll be a different person. Because <laughs> you're talking about kind of a, a personality trait of like kind of who he is and what he's thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like something about like his approach to life and his career or waking up in, in the day. Like there are certain people have a little bit more drive than others. Some of that comes from just some people more ambitious. Some people have figured out what they want to do and he hasn't yet. And so maybe he just hasn't figured it out yet. Right. But yeah. you didn't want to wait around for that. No. So what I think, if if you're interested in my advice, is I think you just uh, try to let it go. It's going to be sad. I get that. <laughs> uh, just accept the sadness. You know what I'm saying? But, like, what I mean by accept the sadness is, like, you can still feel confident in your decision. Right now, you are second-guessing yourself, right? So in addition to yeah. feeling lonely and sad and missing your friend, which is okay to do and it's valid— you are now questioning your own decision and you questioning your decision is making you feel powerless and confused like you made a mistake, right? And I think you should go forward not questioning yourself. Just be lonely and miss him and you can be sad and all those things. But over time, it'll, it'll slowly go away. But it, it compounds it and makes you feel that much worse when you kind of like take away your power by questioning your decision you had in the first place because the missing him and being lonely is a little bit more powerful right now and it's harder to remember why you said no. But in this yeah. situation, people often get back together and panic with this person and then once they get back together, they're reminded of why they said no. So it just takes a little bit of like self-discipline, a little strength in your part. And I think it'll make the sadness a little easier just saying, you know what, I, I should trust my gut. I'm, I'm feeling a little lonely. Just name it. I feel lonely. I'm, I wish I had more friends here. I miss those connections. Those are valid feelings. You're not crazy for feeling that way. But yeah. just because you miss those close connections doesn't mean you should run back to him. And now that he has a girlfriend, it makes you feel like you fucked up a little bit and maybe that's over and there's nothing you can do. It makes you extra sad. It makes you extra question your decision. But those are just reactive feelings to you know, you know, this new stage of life you're going through right now. So don't reach out to him then. It, it, if you did, what would you say? I don't, I just, I'm a closure oriented person. So what, what do you need closure like, from? Like why it ended. You want to reach him out? Like why? So you should read, you want to call him up and say, Hey, by the way, I know you have a girlfriend <laughs> and I know I moved, but I just need to tell you this. I kind of hated <laughs> that I had to mother you all the time. Like, what is no, that going to do? Part. But that's the no, only thing that's not said. Like, that's why you left. But it, And that's a valid like, feeling. Why, why we weren't able to keep that friendship. Because he distance. cares about you. Because he wanted more from you. And he had the right to feel that way. You know what I'm saying? He didn't want to be just your friend. You know? Yeah. Think of all, all the women who call in the show. Who are him. Who they like a guy. They... They're developing feelings for their friends or their situationship and they shoot their shot and they, 
you know, for whatever reason, they get shot down and they move on and they'd like to have that companionship, but don't because it's too hard to do because they want something more. He doesn't want to be your pal. And that's, it's life a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to accept. <laughs> it is. It is hard. And again, you have the right to be sad and, and you have the right to miss him. And that's okay. But you are making it so much worse on yourself by questioning your decision. I don't think you made a mistake. I think you're just feeling a little lonely right now in a new city. And it's a scary feeling to feel. And it's something a lot of people in your shoes have felt before. But I think you trust your decision you made. Trust your gut. Don't give away that power. And, and challenge yourself to just keep pushing forward. And you'll get through this kind of lonely period in your time and sadness. And you'll meet new people. And you'll meet friends. And you might meet a nice guy. And you'll start building some connections. But it will take time. And this is you investing in yourself. Like you made this decision about when, when he shot his shot with you, something in your gut said, I want more for myself. And as, as sad as it was, and as great as he is, like and nothing against him, you wanted something more for yourself. And you chose yourself, and that's awesome. And just because you choose yourself doesn't mean it's going to be easy, and it doesn't mean that it's going to be sunshine and rainbows and it's not going to take time. And it doesn't mean there's not going to be pitfalls <laughs> along the, the way. Right. And yes. I, there's like a chapter in this book, in my book where I talk about like all the reasons why they're back that aren't what you want them to be. And I kind of write about you <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I basically say, well, I don't know it was like the lack of patience. Right. Because, when we break up or, or we say no to someone we have a good thing with, but we want something great, we just want great to show up at our door the next day or the next week. But that can take time, you know? And there's going to be a lot of ups and downs along the way before you find it. But it's having the patience and realizing that you have to, like, go through it is going to be allow you to find the thing that you know deep down in your gut that you want and deserve. And it's not him. Yeah. No. And he's a nice guy. And you miss the friendship and companionship. But he deserves to not have to be in love with you while you're not in love with him and like go to movies and go to dinners and, you know, and feel that disconnect because it, it started being torture for him to hang out with you and only have half of everything he wanted from you. And it, it, you know, seeing you became more difficult than not seeing you. And he had the right to feel that way. That last one hit me, Nick. Fuck. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we've all been yeah. there. This would be a great learning experience for you. I really believe that if you fight through this kind of uncomfortable stage, that you will, you will be glad you did. You won't be giving in to kind of this short-term discomfort you're feeling. And you will feel like a little bit more empowered and, and confident that you can, are capable of making these tough decisions. So many people like give in and don't have the patience and don't have like the, the willpower to like really go for something that deep down in, inside tells them to, that they want more. And that's what's called settling and people settle all the time. And then they convince themselves after the fact that they're not settling. So what tips do you have to like move, like to just have the patience and well, number one, like, what is, do I, number one is stop yeah. second guessing yourself. Okay. Number two is that the love you have for him, the part of you that still cares about him, you need to tell yourself that you are happy for him 
that you are glad that he has a girlfriend and found himself. And, and then you, you respect the fact that he couldn't be your friend. And as hard as it is, like, it's the right thing because he cared about you and, and you wanted something more for yourself and that wasn't him, right? And, mm-hmm. and you, out of your own kind of selfish needs to have that connection, you choose to be happy for him. And that won't take away the sadness, but it allow, what it will do is stop you from like getting in those kind of like pity parties that we often have and feeling sorry for ourselves and like sitting in a car and being like, I shouldn't be, what if I, what if I would have just done this? What if I would have done that and blah, blah, blah. And that's just, you're, you're kind of living in that kind of sadness. Like you can't help yourself from feeling sad, but there's things we can do to like limit like how long we feel sad or like how, how bad we, we make it on ourselves. Sometimes we like to like torture ourselves. We like to, you know, really put ourselves through it and then just keep getting out there. Keep meeting people, stay active, say yes to things like, you know, do all the things that people do to meet people say, you know, even when you're like feeling a little like, I kind of want to sit home and you get invited to go out, go out, just, Challenge yourself for the next year to be a very active social person, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, just say yes to things. You will meet people. You'll stay connected. I think more and more people like something I love about my girlfriend, Natalie, is she has no problem being like, let's be friends. I want to be friends. I want to make friends. People are like, are afraid to say that because it like, like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm in my twenties. I don't like, I'm not six anymore. You know, you set yourself up for the rejection even more. Yeah. Well, most people are just like, no one says, I don't want to be your friend. They might give you a casual, yeah, (laughs) sure. You know, but like, there'll be plenty of people be like, yeah, let's hang out, get out there, get on the dating apps too, you know? Um, and if it's meant to be kind of thing, you know, (laughs) you'll, you'll, you'll find your way back to each other. But I, I think you need to remind yourself that he is not the person you want. He is not capable of being that person. And he wasn't just going to magically change if you would have, if had you would have told him, I don't want to, I feel like your mom. He would have gotten very defensive and, and, and confrontational and he wasn't going to just change it overnight. Yeah. So. So just believe in my gut and just. Believe in yourself. Forward. Yeah. Tell yourself that you did the right yeah. thing. Have some confidence in your decision. And when you feel sad, it's okay. You can acknowledge it, but don't, get out of the pity party kind of thing. Yeah. And don't let it consume me. Yes. But you, I think stop and stop questioning your decision by you. Stop questioning your decision will go a long way to you not feeling so down so often. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I knew you would make sense. That's what I was like. Uh, <laughs> Let's well, talk to Nick. <laughs> hopefully that was helpful. It was very helpful. All right. Thank check you. in in a couple months. Let us know how you're doing. <laughs> all right all right take Thanks. care all right bye-bye how's it going hi i'm lauren and i'm 21 hi lauren i am rosie and i am 22 all right lauren and rosie how can i help so i wrote in because rosie reached out to me last week asking for some advice and i've been listening to your ask nick for like two years now and i think that you did really thoughtful um and valuable perspective so i thought maybe she could ask you so um yeah basically i was diagnosed with colon cancer about a little over three years ago um 
we're healthy now. So it's amazing. All right, let's just give a big um, round of applause for that. Um, so go. it's been a very interesting um, dynamic process. Um, and it's changed a lot because I got better and then it came back and then I got better again and it came back a third time. Um, and so I just personally, you know, have been dealing with a lot of ups and downs the past three years. But more recently, I've kind of just felt this loneliness and this kind of distant feeling that I don't think someone in my position should feel, you know, especially when they have people telling them that um, they love and support them and they'll be there for them no matter what. Um, I just didn't feel like I had the the support system that people were telling me I had. Um, it was a lot of words and not actions. And my dilemma was, you know, I didn't know how to reach out to my friends and express the fact that I wasn't feeling supported because I kind of thought that it would fall on deaf ears or I wouldn't receive the kind of responses that I, I was hoping for. But then there's another half of me that is really worried that in, you know, four or five years, I'm going to have all this anger and, and resentment towards these people who, you know, who think in their minds that they have given me all this love and support when, you know, in my head, it's the complete opposite. So that's kind of the situation I'm in right now. Okay. It, when you were talking, uh, I was thinking, I mean, it sounds like this is just like, an ex, it's it just, it's like about rejection. You know, yeah, like, you know, people are often usually calling in you know, with like more like dating and, and like, oh, I don't know what if I, I like this guy or like this girl and should I tell him and I don't want to get rejected. And, and so much of our lack of communication comes from the fear of being disappointed by the people we are invested in or like. And we're not talking about like a, a love like situation here, but it sounds like if I'm hearing you right, you have this fear of of the rejection of someone uh, not actually wanting to be a support system. It's like, exactly. you know, it's just like, well, what if I tell them how I feel and they don't do anything, then I'll really know that they don't give a shit. Exactly. Which is so scary. Who are the people you're referring to? Just not like names, but like people in your life. You know, my my innermost circle who I, I communicate with, or at least I was communicating with on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. We are kind of separated right now. We're all so young. We're all in different cities. So our main form of commun communication is, you know, text and FaceTime. Um, so the kind of things that I like wasn't feeling were like, you know, I was getting hung up on or not, you know, the phone wasn't ever being answered. Texts weren't being replied to. And um, yeah, so like that's where I kind of was feeling the rejection that you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I can't, cannot relate to what you've gone through. I can only imagine the fear that you have when going through it and how it is. And you know how, this might be a bad analogy, so bear with me. Like, but you know how, like, on our birthdays, we we have a lot of expectations about, like, our birthday. It's like, it's my birthday. And it's like, I don't want to make it a big deal, but, like, I want people to give a shit, you know, because it's my birthday. Yeah. And I can only imagine, like, what it would be like to be diagnosed with cancer for fear of, like, your life and what you're going through. And it's almost like, again, bear with me in this comparison analogy, but in the sense of 
wanting to feel love and wanting to feel that, I can only imagine when faced with this diagnosis that it's almost like in a bad way, it's your birthday every day. Right. Does that make sense? Because like, you're like, I fucking have cancer, people. Like, you know, I need, I need you. Like, you don't have to deal with, you know, chemotherapy and going to doctors and be pricked and prodded. And then like, I, I go get blood work. And I'm walking anxiety for three days and I have, I'm just getting, I'm just getting a checkup and I'm just like call, like texting my doctor be like, just tell me I don't have cancer. So like, and I, I can only imagine what you're going through. Right. And so, and I only bring that up because I think in these situations, you know, try to like be aware of that, right. Be aware of the fact that while you have every right to feel the way you feel because you're going through this, take it easy on yourself that, and I'm sure you, you sound very pragmatic and level-headed because you must be having gone through this, that like, that I think that will help you give your friends an opportunity to disappoint you if that's what they're going to do. Right. You know, you're, yeah. you're are, and, and maybe some of them will. I mean, listen, you're, you are a young person in the stage of your life and minus going through what you're going through, a lot of the friends you have now are not going to be your friends in the future. Yeah. They're just and not. And like, that's, that's like the scary part. I think that I'm so nervous about like that. This could be like, you know, that moment where like, it doesn't have to be that moment. Like, you know, what if like you, you know, if you didn't have this thing you're going through, like there's other things that people deal with at your age that are, that feel, I mean, every like you, you're going through this insanely traumatic thing that really puts things in a perspective for other things. Right. Like, you know, you getting through this, like other things that hurt other people, like might not be as painful. Like, I don't know, maybe getting cheated on or lied to or whatever, you know, like I mean, you're still going to care, but like, you're going to be like, I fucking survived cancer. So fuck right. it. I'm not going to worry about some fuck boy who right. fucked me over. I, you know, right. like I'll, I've been, I'll compare everything to this. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and they don't have the benefit of that. So if you weren't going through this, right. And something else happened to you, and you reached out to a friend or two that you wanted them to be for, there for you, you would find out then that they might not be the type of friend you hope they would be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, just try not to put so much pressure on. And I, for me, I'd rather find out sooner than later who's got my back and who doesn't. Right. The clarity, I think, I don't think is rejection as rejection. I think of it as clarity in all forms. Because at the end of the day, I'd rather know who are my ride and dies. Or, and I'd rather have two then think I have 10, you know, like even if it's just one person I can always go to, but I'm, I'm willing to bet you have, there's also the idea that like death is awkward for people. Cancer is awkward for people facing that people can get uncomfortable. They don't know what to say. So they say nothing at all. You know, yeah, that, can, that can create distance and it's unfair that that falls on you a little bit. But I do think that if, there are, I think some people will surprise you. Some people might disappoint you, but some people will surprise you on being like, yeah, I know I could, I want to be a better friend. I, and as best as you can just make it. And it sucks. Again, it sucks that you have to be the one who's like empathetic here, you know, or it's just like, I know it could be hard talking about my fucking cancer, you know, but like, you know, people can, people are selfish, you know, and also your friends right now, it's, it's the selfish stage in your life. You know, you get to go live in Manchester, 
You get to, you know what I'm saying? You could do all these things. And so you're dealing in a time in your life where everyone wants to be selfish. Right. And that, yeah. and that sucks for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do, I do like have a tough time like reckoning those two things in my head, like knowing that this is like the most selfish time in every person's life and that, you know, none of it is personal. Like, But you get to be selfish too. So like selfishly just tell people how you feel. Yeah, that's what I don't do. <laughs> so well, gotta, gotta get on that. <laughs> you're, you're surviving cancer. How bad can like losing a friend or two be? Very true. Definitely not as bad as anything else. Also, I don't think bad. you're going to lose as many as you think. And if you, the ones right. you do lose, my guess is you're going to do an inventory and minus you know, after the rejection of being like, oh, I thought you were very close to them. You're going to be like, you know what? Honestly, like we just weren't that really? close. We just like, yeah. we grew apart, you know, and you're going to make more yeah. friends, you know? Yeah. I also think just like being able to, to say, like, I think it's just saying everything. Like now that you're saying it, like, get it out. I just yeah. kind of have to grow a pair. Are you, are you are you going getting therapy? Yeah. Great. Awesome. <laughs> um, good for you. Yeah, just get it out. Just be okay with disappointment. And, and maybe, like just like through a text, you think, or do you think like maybe a no, FaceTime would be definitely better? not a text. Okay. It's like a, it's listen. It's hard to do. It's it's text is text is the easy way out, but yeah. people are going to read text in their feelings, not in yours. Right. So you're talking about something that is easily it, it's low key accusatory, you yeah. know, you're and people are going to get defensive. So they're going to read it defensively. Right. So by FaceTiming them, you can say, hey, listen, can I just be honest with you? And maybe this is me, but like, I love you. So I just I'm only saying this because I I, I want I want to feel that love between us again. I want to build that up. And can I, is it okay to just me be beyond, you know, you, you build it up like that. You start with this kind of like very safe space as opposed to being like, Hey, what's up? By the way, I just kind of not feeling the love from you right now, you know, like, and, and imagine, but like, you know, throwing the emoji to make sure they know that you're like, you still love them, you know? So, Heart. yeah, but like totally like here's five hearts, but like, honestly, you're kind of a shitty friend. Um, <laughs> You know, it just it gives you a, an opportunity to uh, have a conversation with someone, and this is a right. conversation. This is not like an FYI. Yeah, that's also like what I'm scared about. I'm scared that they're just going to think that I'm forgetting about all of the support that they have given me, and that I'm just kind of like going to come at sure. them for like these small times that they maybe made a mistake. I'm a, and I'm going to say something that I'm going to be bold here and, and say something that even though you've had cancer and you're dealing with it, doesn't mean you still don't have an ego and yeah, you can yeah. still, you know, feel that that's that kind of feeling like it's your birthday every day. It's like, yeah. I fucking have cancer. Like you don't, I deserve this. You know, yeah. I deserve your extra consideration because you don't have to fucking go to doctors all the fucking time. And you don't have to worry about, you know, death like I do, you're, you're, you're 20, 22 and you're just like, I'll live forever. You know, like it, most people in their twenties have the benefit of thinking and you, thankfully you're healthy now, but like, you know, it's always going to, it's always in the back of your mind. Cause you've had it, you've relapsed a couple times. Mm -hmm. And so right. your ego is just like, 
if, if, if I have to deal with cancer, then I deserve X, Y, and Z. Right. And that, you know, you can help yourself by at least just recognizing that. And I'm not saying you don't deserve some extra special consideration you do, but like, don't let your ego take, like steal your joy of getting some love and affection from your friends who, you know, some of which are probably doing their best. Yeah. And maybe they can do better, but like they need to be reminded, you know, because they, you know, we're, they're dealing with their shit too. And while it's not cancer, it might be bad credit, you know, for, and I remember like not paying an electric bill when I was 21 and finding out I fucked up my credit and I, for like a week, I was a mess, you know? And it's because I had like the, the, the privilege of worrying about my credit history, you know? Yeah. And like, that's like, I've heard that from my friends. Like I have a friend who's applying to law school and waiting to hear back from that. And like, I know everything's so valid that they tell me, you know, it's, and it's just, yeah, it's the fear. I think you just got to find that middle ground between getting the empathy you deserve and controlling your ego a little bit and reminding yourself that even though I've dealt with this, I still have an ego and my ego, every, all our egos need to be controlled because our egos will constantly like, you know, steal our joy. You know, you've heard the compare, like comparison is a thief of joy. You've, you know, it's a very popular saying. And that, that is that people are talking about their egos there yeah. because you're comparing. It's just like, well, why didn't I get to do that? I got to do this, you know, right. why did yeah. I get to that? I got invited to this party. Why didn't I get invited to that party? What the fuck? Meanwhile, yeah. like, who knows? You, you didn't even want to go to that party. You just wanted to be wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Lots to think about. I don't know if any of this was helpful. It was all very helpful. Are you kidding? All right. Now uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out, I think, to them. Great. Yeah. yeah. It, take it slow. You know, give yourself yeah. some grace. Nothing, yeah, nothing's happening today. <laughs> pick, pick the one you think is going to go pretty, like, that you're, like, pretty confident. You just need to, like... Tell them how you feel and like lead with love. You know, I, Hey, I love you. I miss you. Ask them about their law school or their life and just say, I'm not saying you do anything wrong. I guess I just miss you. And I, I just hope to hear from you more. And that's all. And, um, I also make new friends too. God, I've, I, I had a lot of friends, tons of friends when I was your age and the, the amount of people I've met since then, they're, they're richer relationships because you're making friends based off of like truly the things that you love and you get to know yourself so much better in your twenties. I know I'm sounding like this fucking like old, you know, but like you really do. And then you will find like so much of making friends at this stage in your life is where you went to school and what, whatever sorority you joined or, or things like that or like common interest. And that will still matter. But when you make friends like later in life, it, it, it's more of a match of like your character and your like just like people who make you feel, you know, good about yourself. And, yeah. and that's nice to find, too. And some of those friends you have now will be those people, you know, later in life. And a lot of them will be new. Scary. <laughs> but also exciting. Yes. Scary and exciting. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank All right, you well, so much. Luck. I'm so glad you're doing well, and uh, we're rooting for Thanks you. A lot. All right. Thank you for everything. All right. Take care. You too. Right, bye bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to, to tune in tomorrow for uh, Kale Lowry, Clayne Eckhart, maybe Susie, uh, probably Susie. I think Susie will pop in. 
uh, the latest and greatest on all things pop culture, relevant Bachelor news. Who knows what we'll talk about, but it will certainly be hard-hitting and topical. Wednesday, Josh Peck. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to send those questions to basketballcastme.com. Okay? And we'll see you in the next